friends, dear listeners, welcome to episode 140 of Let's Talk with Scoggs. This week's guest is coming back for round two. This is Daniel McCartney. We last spoke, I believe it was the summer of 2020, when the Continuance Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that is out to help musicians receive therapy at no cost. They raise money. There are so many different services that this foundation has evolved into. We talk a lot about one specific service I was very interested in, a coaching service. But Daniel is also a music agent at a leading talent company. He's got over a decade of experience in music touring, which is a grind. Good on him. It is hard, hard work, and it takes a toll on your mental health. So it makes complete sense that Daniel felt like there was a gap and he filled it in. That's what you like to see. Take initiative. If you if you don't have what you need, create it. And the Continuance Foundation has partnered with different uh, organizations and they've got all these different tools. So go to the Continuance Foundation's website. You can find it in the show notes. Take a look at it. If any of this sounds like something that you could benefit from, Maybe you know someone who could benefit from it. It's just wonderful. And hopefully Daniel and I will catch up again in two more years and see how far he's come. It's a wonderful story. So enjoy. Here's episode 140 of Let's Talk with Scoggs with Daniel McCartney, volume two. Um, started my interviews in a new way recently, so let's let's give it a go. Perfect. Okay. How is your day going on a scale of one to ten? Um, I'll give it an eight. I got a lot to be grateful for, but a lot of work to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that time of year. We're wrapping yep. up. <laughs> yep, exactly. I have found, this is my third time switching up. Instead of saying, how's your day going? So I, you know, we can't say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and everybody says an eight. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. Well, it's that's like, yes, I'm. That means it could, it could be better, but, uh. You know, uh, we're we're in gratitude mode. Yes, and it's better than um, sort of jumping off where someone's just like, "Oh yeah, everything's everything's keen." Like nobody's day is out of ten. Nobody's right. day is out of one for the most part. We're always somewhere in the middle. I flux yep. between a six and an eight. Yep. You know. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I like that you started with that question though. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, you know, it just sort of sets the tone that. We can be ourselves here. It doesn't have to be sparkly and rainbows. It can be. I love it when it is, but it's not always sparkly rainbows. Correct. Yes. Correct. Well, how have you been? I think the last time we spoke was September of 2020. Okay. I cannot believe it's the end of 2022. Wow, that's um, crazy that it's been two years. I mean, I, I feel know. like, yeah, when Brittany was like, hey, yeah, you're going to go back on with Sarah. I was like, awesome. Like, I, it almost felt like, that we had done our last one recently, but two years. Wow. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess that makes sense because the last time we talked was like when I launched yes. uh, the nonprofit. Yes. Um, and uh, so that makes a lot of sense <clears throat> because it's, we're right around the, a little over two year mark. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, things are good. I mean, it's been a really wild couple of years, you know, um, obviously my, my profession, uh, my day job is, I'm a music agent, so mm-hmm. um, that has been a wild thing to maneuver through over the last four years, as you can imagine, three, four years. Oh, yeah. um, 
but uh, but you know we're alive and kicking, and and numbers are back, and business is back, uh, <laughs> which is um, you know also simultaneously why this was probably one of the most stressful years of my career is just mm-hmm. um, you know the volume was was almost you know not even sustainable <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because everyone wanted to get back on the road so you know, from a work perspective, it's been awesome. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the nonprofit's done a ton of great work that like, we're just so proud of. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really grown and, you know, I brought Brittany on, she's the best. Oh um, yes. We love Brittany. Yeah. She, she's awesome. And that was a perfect, you know, first kind of person to run everything at the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome. So the typical question is like, where do you see yourself in five years? But I prefer the two years because it seems a little bit more in reach. You can like see a little bit far ahead. You're not sort of playing the game of looking too far into the future. Um, So that being said, it's been about two years, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, what's been the rose? What's been the thorn from the foundation especially since we all know that we learn from failures or trying things and seeing what sticks against the wall. So having started a nonprofit for anyone that this might inspire to do that, like what were some high points and what were some learnings and some, some things that um, you're going to take into account going forward? Yeah. I mean, we learned a lot, right? Like when I first launched this thing, my, my thought was, okay, well, you know, you got to launch it to even try it. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. you got to start somewhere. Um, And I just started with what I knew, right? And I knew several musicians um, who they needed therapy, they were in a bad spot. Obviously, I have because of my profession, I have a a line directly to a lot of a lot of musicians. And, you know, I started it with like the model of just like raising money and paying for people to go to therapy. And um, that's how it kind of started. It was like a very simple model. now, what I've learned over the last two years is uh, that is very effective, but what's even more um, from a volume perspective, what's worked really well for us has been content, mm-hmm. right? So more, more now more than ever, mental health related content on Instagram, TikTok, you know, uh, documentaries, um, curriculums, all these different things, that has been where I see the nonprofit going. Um, We'll always have, you know, we'll always have our kind of, uh, you know, grant system, you know, financial grant system where it's necessary. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, another thing that I learned too is that not everyone who turns to the nonprofit for help not all of them actually need, or, you know, not all of them want to go to therapy long-term. Some of them, you know, they're grieving something, they're going through something and, you know, they want to, they want to learn how to deal with it the right way. So Mm -hmm. that was another thing is like, you know, we would have people come and I have a couple people who've been in therapy since I started it. And we've been like, I've been super fortunate to give them grants so that they can do that. And then I have some people that did it for four months and were like, man, this was so beneficial. Like, let me know how I can help with, with the charity, you know? Um, and, uh, but I've noticed, you know, our podcasts are, um, we have a series called conversations about mental health, which is literally as simple as it sounds. Um, mm-hmm. it's an Instagram live. We bring on all these different musicians, um, 
we have uh, we have uh, you know a, a ton of content that we are, we're always posting TikToks, Reels, um, and uh, you know we have a Mindfulness Monday thing um, that we do every Monday. It's free. Uh, I've really noticed that like content is everything these days. I mean, people mm-hmm. spend so much time on their phone scrolling. So I know myself, like, you know, if I, if I'm, you know, at night after work, I'm, up, you know, fire up TikTok or something. I always notice how relieving it is, you know, if I'm scrolling through and seeing all this content, some of which is toxic, some of which is uh, encouraging mm-hmm. to like get to like a TikTok that's like, take a deep breath and hold the, hold the breath in and mm-hmm. uh, listen to this waterfall for 10 seconds and watch how it relaxes you. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like even for me, I just organically realized how important it was. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, there's been some, some difficulties that we've had to maneuver um, through since we started, but I, I can honestly say that from what I've learned so far, um, mental health is a, it is a space that advocacy is probably number one always, mm-hmm. right? Like talking about it makes people curious, especially mm-hmm. if they didn't grow up talking about mental health. And, you know, if they didn't grow up with it in their family as something they learned, then they're very curious. And you can quickly uh, see, you know, who who uh, was raised with uh, with mental health principles. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a you know, it's been a it's been a learning curve of just, you know, figuring out what works and impacts a lot of people. And it's been fun. It's it's interesting, too. I mean, I've had the Internet since college. I didn't have it as a teenager, but I had it as a young adult. Mm-hmm. And I mean, talking about how you're feeling or your coping skills or how you regulate your emotions were not something that I even had the language for, let alone to be on social media and have a resource to teach me like, Hey, this might be what you're feeling. And by the way, this is what this is. It's normal. It's manageable. And here are some ways to help. Like that is such a game changer for young people. Massive. And, And all that is, is just a simple education. So you know, I went to a um, I went to a charity event last week for a charity called On Our Sleeves, um, and I really really enjoyed it because their biggest thing it's it's about it, the charity focuses on mental health for children, which is massive because that's where your brain is developing, right? So if you're being taught these key principles while your brain is developing, you can not necessarily avoid but know how to deal with these things and you know, someone like myself, like I was similar. I, I, I didn't really grow up with some of that, um, those coping mechanisms. And when, when I did learn about them when I was, you know, uh, in my, you know, I'm just now in my thirties, but I guess maybe early to mid twenties is where I started to learn about it. The light bulb just goes off and it's kind of like, how, how did I not know about this? You know? So what I loved about that charity and we are going to do something similar. I was very inspired. They have a curriculum that's gone out to 5 million classrooms Mm. um, for teachers, and it's all research-based, all education-based, giving them easy tools to talk to kids about mental health, like what Mm -hmm. words to say, you know, how to, um, you know, how to almost like kind of giving them like a picture book, you know, for kids, because they're a lot of time their attention is so quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I just thought, thought that was so fascinating. And 
now that's something that I've, I left kind of inspired to do for, for musicians and managers to give mm-hmm. to their musicians and also just to people generally in the music industry. Yes. I, I'm not, I'm not a musician. I've never toured. I don't have any of those experiences, but I have worked within the industry in a way where the sheer amount of pressure, excuse me, and the amount of people it takes for a project to be successful, to launch, to exist, and taking into account, like, how is everybody feeling? Are we okay? Are you not, do you not have what you need? Just like that awareness of, hey, we're all people here. We're not machines. We're all actual human beings. Um, And just having those tools to either lead a team or to manage a team. I mean, across all industries, it would be incredible, but the music industry is the only one that you or I have any experience in. And it can be really difficult to watch someone who is burnt out and either them not have the language to express what's going on or for them to feel some sort of resistance because there is a stigma or a negative connotation around your mental health or even taking care of yourself or even saying, I need a break. I need to stop for a minute. Yeah. And look, this isn't a blanket statement to be clear, but you know, when you work in what we'll, we just call the arts, right? Mm -hmm. We work in the arts. It's, we're working with creatives, you know, we're, we're working with people who, uh, you know, um, their job is to put their art on a platter for everyone to decide if they like it or not. Right. No matter how you slice it up, it's like a musician can say that they don't care, you know, what the result is or if the album does well or whatever. But if they're, you know, if they're a full-time musician, they, they need it to do well to be able to survive and that be their job. Right. So like mm-hmm. it's tough because we're, you know, we're working in an in, in industry on the music side that, you know, is, um, it is, uh, in the arts, it's in the creative space and, um, you know, I'm a creative and again, this isn't a blanket statement, but you know, I personally am a creative and, and I have, you know, my own mental health struggles and I always have, and creation was, you know, that outlet for me, you know, mm-hmm. playing guitar and, 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 you know, being in a band and creating brands and all that stuff was my outlet. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we are dealing with a lot of, you know, uh, even people in the music industry, former band guys, band people, um, you know, and uh, a lot of people who, you know, create. And I think a lot of times what happens is, is, you know, we're putting so much out into the world that we're not putting enough into ourselves. Yes. Yes. And there's also that pressure for an artist to not only be, creative and express themselves and actually make the art there's this whole other arm now of you have to be on social media you have to be on it every day you have to see every opinion that everybody has ever said about what you've created so i'm curious like what have you seen in terms of i guess we'll call it for the purpose of this conversation like social media burnout and the effects on mental health within the people that like with the folks you work with well this is what i'll say and i you know i'm not afraid to talk about this, but you know, a lot of people hesitate and, and it's not me just like diving in and opening up a can of worms on this, but 
you know, social media is very powerful. Um, and what I will say is, um, it's great because it gave everyone a voice and it's terrible because it gave everyone a voice, <laughs> right? Like so many people, um, are being equipped with something like, you know, a Twitter account, um, or, you know, an Instagram account that, that probably, um, shouldn't have, you know, that power, you know, what one way or another, you know, they end up with a couple hundred thousand followers and everyone's like listening to what they have to say. That doesn't mean that they're an expert and how you should treat people, how you should treat musicians and how you should, uh, treat celebrities. And, um, you know, it's really, really daunting on them because, um, whether, whether, you know, they want to admit it or not, you know, a lot of musicians do read their comments. They do read their reviews. They do read their, you know, mentions on Twitter and, you know, you add in this, this cancel culture, um, which in a lot of ways has, uh, has increased the accountability um, that creators and musicians and celebrities um, have. And that part is great, right? You know, the fact that um, I, I firmly do believe that there's a level of accountability that's come from this culture. But on the flip side, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, have, have, you know, really, really great track records and um, live in paranoia, mm. you know, and um, I think it's really daunting for some musicians and, you know, I, I, celebrities and, and people of public figures, rather, it's probably the word I'll use for that. I think it's daunting for them because, you know, um, anything you say can be turned into, or, you know, can be turned into a meme, any photo where, you know, you're vulnerable and went out for a coffee, you know, before you started your day and your hair looks like shit, uh, anything <laughs> that anyone captures can become a massive moment on social media. And I think it's really scary for a lot of them. So, um, yeah, it's, it is, it is daunting. And that's why, you know, you try to encourage balance, um, on social media, but it's also a big part of, you know, uh, being, being on top of your game. So I think it's all about balance. Yeah. One of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the resources that TCF provides is coaching. Now that's something that I myself have never signed up for. I don't know anything about really. I've done lots of talk therapy. Um, I've done lots of, you know, personal journaling and all that sort of stuff, but I'm so curious about coaching um, and what your experience is with it and what uh, services you provide. Yeah. So, so um, with the coaching thing, it's been really cool, right? Because, you know, there's a very important distinction to make to, you know, the public, which is that coaching and counseling are two different things, right? You know, counseling, as you know, is that deep seated, like, let's get to the bottom of, you know, where all this started. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your past. Let's, you know, let's dig in, right? Yeah. Coaching is going to be more motivational. It's going to be set goal setting. It's going to be guidance, right? Mm -hmm. So this coaching uh, uh, program that we, we launched is cool because, my goal was to create an environment where people um, who are in bands or, um, you know, even if it's just a solo artist can sit down with a professional who can tell them how to, um, you know, to, to both simultaneously tell them how they think that they can grow their careers, but also 
at the same time keep their wellness, right? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always go hand in hand. You know, a lot of times when you when you focus so much on um, the success of your career, your wellness can can lack. Um, so that was important. And also it was very important to me to give, uh, multiple member artists a chance to have a professional guided discussion. Um, so like, you know, if there's a band of, of, uh, you know, two guys and two girls and, you know, uh, there are a lot of dynamics in bands, right? There's Mm -hmm. the lead singer dynamic. There's the bassist dynamic. There's the drummer dynamic. You know, there's who's the face of the band, who's the most vocal, who's the most, who's the business person in the band. And that was another thing because I was in a band, I knew how that could be a struggle sometimes to have conversations Mm -hmm. and how it could be uncomfortable. So my thing was, is like creating an environment that was guided, that they could have real conversations with someone. So it's almost like, it's not therapy again, but you know, you picture couples therapy where you have someone trying to guide you through mm. different, you know, struggles in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of similar to that, but more, again, it's more long-term goal setting. Where do you want to go? Um, how to keep your, you know, keep your, your health in check while you're doing it. Yeah. That interpersonal communication piece, like conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Or, conflict resolution is massive. I mean, gosh, they should teach us that in elementary school. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. A hundred percent. That would have been, I would have been, uh, you know, I, I know even myself, I, I could have, I could have definitely used um, conflict resolution in, in some of my classes and just education on health, you know. Yes. So. Or how to deal with um, critic, like healthy, constructive criticism in a gentle yep. way, whether you're delivering it or receiving it. That's a skill that I, I think I've got a handle on it, but not always. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're all human. And, you know, there's been times that I've felt like I had a handle on that kind of stuff. And then, you know, someone criticizes me in front of someone and I can't let it go. Yeah. You know, like it's, we're all human and perfect or imperfect people. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's good to be educated on this stuff. So you know how to deal with it. Yes, I have found for myself and just mental health and learning like of course I'll give my therapist all the stars she's incredible have learned a lot from her but I have honestly learned so much from having these conversations for this show on Adobe through talking with either folks who are creating art and writing songs and dealing with their own stuff um lit or talking to bands and like that dynamic we were just kind of touching on with I don't have this in a creative partner, but I mean, I am married. And when I met him, it was very like, oh, this is the guy. You're the person. I get right. it now. And I have always equated it to if you're a songwriter and you meet someone where you feel like I can give you my worst idea and it's going to be met with like love and we're going to figure it out. I'm not going to be. Mm-hmm. I can be vulnerable in front of you. This is cool. We're going to create together. Like that is a very special bond and that there is a program that will help nurture that bond and give you, like you said, team building and goal setting. That is very cool. And I hope that this just takes off because that is a very, very special resource. Yeah. And look, it's something that I need more people. I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that I need more people to buy into because- Mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot of bands when they, you know, or musicians, when they see, you know, uh, coaching, they, you know, it takes them kind of doing some research to understand what it was, you know, what it is. So, um, you know, this was a good, good uh, way for me to, you know, explain it because it's very beneficial. Yeah. And if somebody is listening and they're like, oh gosh, I need this. Uh, is the website the best way to keep in touch through Instagram? Like what's the best way for someone to reach out and get either, either or the continuance or our Instagram continue always. We're, you know, I say we're, I'll say Brittany is really good about <laughs> uh, responding to everything on Instagram. And, um, you know, we try to be really communicative with people too. So if they message us, you know, my goal was always like to, to have very quick responses um, to, to, you know, anyone reaching out for help. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, those, those are pretty easy, uh, um, avenues for us. And I just wanted to touch on your professional background in terms of like music agent. Can you explain what's the difference between an agent and a manager? If there yeah. is a difference, because I feel like those two terms get smushed together a lot. And I just want to set the record straight for myself. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the reason why they get pushed together a lot is because there are some, you know, without getting too deep into it, there's some um, areas of entertainment where an agent role kind of is the same thing as a manager. Like, for example, sports, um, most most uh, basketball players, baseball players, football players, most of them don't have a manager and an agent. Usually the agent can can kind of act as both. They'll have an attorney or whatever sometimes. But um, in music, you know, the typical team is manager, agent, you know, and then they'll have an A&R at the label and an attorney and stuff. But um, the agent, the best way to describe it is uh, the agent is the service provider, right? Mm -hmm. So the agent is the one bringing the deals to the, to, you know, in, in a, and I'm speaking off of like, how it's supposed to go, right? <laughs> uh, typically, the agent is the one bringing you know deals uh, to the manager for review. They're putting together the tour schedule. You know, I work at a full service agency, so my specialty is concerts. I work in music concerts, but you know, I will have clients who have me as a music agent, and then a film and TV agent because they're also an actor, and then a music brand partnerships agent. So our goal is to like service that client and bring deals in. And the manager, as simple as it sounds, is is there to manage that. Like, you know, they, they're the ones talking to the client every day, bringing the deals in, telling them what they think about it, managing their timelines when it comes to music release, who their agent is. Um, also, you know, admittedly, the manager is a little bit more of the the like – you know, I hate the term babysitter, but more of the consistent guider at all times, because mm. at the end of the day, like my personal role um, is concerts. You know, I dip into other stuff and I try to wear a bunch of hats and do a bunch of things. But, um, you know, uh, the manager is going to be the one, the one that gets the call in the middle of the night because the boss broke down. You know, we're not yeah. getting those calls because mm. we're not, you know, we're not managing front to back all of those things. So, um the manager is kind of like the quarterback, if that mm. makes sense. Um, and you know, the, the agent is is the one that's you know bringing in everything for the for the quarterback to make his decisions. Nice. All right, got that squared away. There you go. <laughs> so, with each episode, 
we do a little advice section. Okay. So this is called asking for a friend. And this question has come up before, but I like to recycle the questions because I think we all have different experiences uh, that can kind of have influence on the advice we give or the perspectives that we share. So we're going to see what you have to say about this. The question is, how do you recognize and remove toxic people from your life? Do you have any advice? You're going to get me started on this. It's amazing that you asked this because (laughs) this year has been a transformative year for me in that specific subject because Mm -hmm. here's my biggest problem is this. Um, you know, yeah, I, I put my business hat on and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a business guy and I'm, I'm, you know, a boss to people and I lead and yeah, but I'm also <clears throat> notoriously, <clears throat> excuse me, notoriously uh, a really, really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good thing, but there are times where um, over the span of my life that I have allowed people in my life that should have never been there because I wasn't protective of myself. Um, And this year has been a really, really good example of that. I mean, I've had, you know, especially, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to speak on my, my behalf with this because um, it's very specific, but you know, with, with my trade and what I do um, it's, it's really fun, you know, and I'm, I'm, I go to concerts for a living, you know what I mean? Um, So for me, there, there were so many times that um, I would allow people into my life that, you know, might have had intentions that were not just to become friends with me. Um, you know, maybe maybe they wanted to further their business career or maybe they just felt, you know, they wanted to be uh, around me because they knew people around me, you know, uh, that are in my ecosystem could help them. And you know what I noticed about that is that those people come and go so quickly if you don't buy into it. Mm-hmm. You know, they will come and go so quickly if you don't give them what they want um, and or you're resistant to it or you call them on it. Um, and, you know, I got to a point where at the end of the day, it, you know, those relationships typically start great because, you know, they, they come into your life. They, they're interested in what you do you know, they hype you up, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a very, um, it's very fulfilling at first. And then you start to realize over time, you know, very quickly that, you know, whose intentions are pure and whose aren't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, my advice is, is zero tolerance policy. You know, (laughs) um, that, that is my genuine advice because, you know, it's more uncomfortable to have a, have a conversation Um, it's, I'm sorry, it's less uncomfortable to have a conversation with someone and say, Hey, um, do you, are you wanting to just, you know, become friends with me? I noticed that you, you know, let's just using specific, I noticed like the only time you ever reach out is to get on a guest list for a show. Mm -hmm. And then we hang out at the show and then I never see you again. You know, it's like, um, are your intentions that you, you, you know, you need something from my ecosystem or are you interested in becoming a friend of mine um, that, that, you know, is a fulfilling relationship that we both put effort into? And that is that conversation needs to be normalized because it's less uncomfortable to have that one than it is 
four months in when you realize what you what you allowed into your life and that you have to tell them to go away mm-hmm. you know like so i think like you got to have the same it's something i'm learning every day which is that you got to have the same zero tolerance policy for yourself that you would tell other people to have for themselves right yeah. like you might be it might be so much easier to tell someone like dude why is this person in your life like they don't do anything for you it's toxic everywhere we go there's drama blah 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 um it's so much easier to tell like a friend that than like tell yourself that because you're the one that's got to have the conversation mm-hmm. so i think that's my advice and i'm i'm glad you asked that question because it's been on my mind uh, a lot recently it's been it's tricky been tr- and a lot of us through the pandemic with seeing each other less was a way to weed out like who's checking in on each other. Yep. What is this? So yeah, it's, it's a thing we're all figuring out. Yep, we're doing it absolutely. together. Absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Daniel, you're just lovely. And I'm so encouraged to see the growth in just two years uh, of what you've done with this nonprofit, because it's just really inspiring to see you sort of, like you said, you just got to start. You never know. You just got to start something and you made, you've got something going. That's the thing that we all need. So. Yeah. And, and I, and I had no idea how to start a nonprofit. I mean, (laughs) like, like contractually and from a paperwork perspective, I literally Googled how to start a nonprofit in California. (laughs) That's how I filed everything. And then I just hit the ground running because once you start doing it, it starts to shape itself and its mission because you see what works and what doesn't. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me is like, I have ideas that I feel like could positively impact people, you know? Um, and I just went for it, you know, and it's been so fulfilling for me. It's like, I feel like, you know, we do so much work to help other people, but this is so fulfilling even just for myself, you know? Beautiful. Beautiful. And thank you for taking the time to come back. I mean, maybe we'll talk again in two more years. We'll do a two year check in. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. And, and I love what you're doing and, and um, thanks again for having me and, and uh, you know, let's keep fighting the good fight. Yeah. Well, have a great rest of your year. Can't believe it's almost over. Um, And shout out to Brittany again. Tell her I said, hi. I love her. I will. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Of course. Have a great day. You too. Bye.